You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. This is episode 24. This episode is brought to you by Jake's Nature Guide for the Rocky Mountains. And it's written by Mark Danehauer. He is another outdoor family blogger. Got to know him a little bit better when he did a guest post for us on the Go Adventure Mom site. And this is an absolutely beautiful book. It's like perfect pocket size and it's just loaded with color photos for everything that you need in the outdoors in the Rocky Mountains with, and it's color-coded. So it starts with all the the yellow things. So you can look by topic and, and by animals and by plants and really just a great resource for raising children to be naturalists. And Mark's just a really all around great guy. So check that out. We'll have the link in our show notes, but wanted to share that with you guys. Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. We're having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Hope that you have had a really wonderful season together with your families. Um, I literally had to dust off the microphone (laughs) when I was getting ready to record this. We are happy to be back. We've got some really great things planned for you in this episode as well as for this year. So we're just we're just really thrilled um, more than anything to have you here and that you are a part of this. And just want to kind of wrap my arms around you and give you a big virtual hug and just tell you thank you for being here. So this is a really fun episode that we get to talk about. We're talking about skiing and I've got a couple of friends that I'm going to introduce you to that have started this online ski school. And today we're going to talk to Alyssa Erickson, and she's she's awesome. She has a site called The Kid Project, and she teaches her kids um, how to ski as well as she homeschools and does some pretty great things traveling and camping with her family. And then the other two gals that are part of this online ski school are Susan Strayer, and she is also an outdoor blogger, and her site is Mountain Moms and Mountain Mom and Tots. And then Kristen Lummis, and she is the Brave Ski Mom. So great women that have come together to create this program. So we caught up, I think it was after actually Christmas, and got to learn a little bit more about this program. And I'm really excited to share this with you. This is such a great resource for those of you either, maybe you know how to ski and you've already taken your kids skiing. But this is just a great like refresher course of the things that you need, checklists and all the information. And it's kind of like having your your friends there around the table telling you what you need and giving you advice on, you know, this is this is what you need with a helmet. You know, do I need a helmet liner? Do I not? Do I use gloves or do I use mittens? So that's what you're going to get out of this course. And Alice, she's going to share a little bit more and and go in depth about the course, but really happy to share this with you and hope that it can add a lot of value to your life as you're helping to teach your children to ski. We are super excited about what you will be sharing with us today. But before we dive into that, will you tell us your favorite place to go adventure? That's a hard one because we have been traveling a lot recently, but if I had to pick my favorite place, it'd probably be out by Lake Tahoe, California. I love water and I joke in all its forms, uh, snow or, or lakes or whatever. And, um, we tend to go out there in the summer and you can, there's great hiking and mountain biking. And of course, all the paddleboarding and water sports because of the lake. I've yet to ski out there, but 
that's my next step is to hit it in a different season. So, so tell us why it was hard to pick a, one place because tell us what you're doing with your travel. I think that's so awesome. And I want to be like you. <laughs> okay. Well, um, a couple years ago, we decided we wanted to travel a little bit more. And I guess what I want people to understand first off is that when our kids were really young, we were, were pretty much weekend warriors, but we never took vacations, like even a week vacation. I think seven years ago, we took a two-week vacation and it was like revolutionary. It was my husband's first ever two-week vacation in his entire life. Like his, he didn't grow up taking vacations. And I, it was just so awesome for our family. Um, and we decided we wanted to do it every year. And so we, I think we did that for a year or two. And then we're like, well, what if we could take a whole month off? And so my husband approached his boss. He works remotely. So he already works from home or wherever we're at about dropping to like two or three days a week, but then taking a whole month to do that and, and, so it's not like a whole month off of work, but it is sort of like an extended time away, you know, with less work. And so we did that the first summer we went to Lake Tahoe. And that, again, was like life changing for us to like just be able to get up and leave for a month. And you homeschool your kids, too. Right? Homeschool our kids. So, yeah, sometimes we've done it in the middle of the summer. So any family, you know, if, as long as they had ability to be flexible, could do it even with school schedule. But we have favored the off seasons of spring and fall so that there aren't as many people where we're wanting to go. One year we went up to Canada and we did like Canmore and Banff. That was amazing. And then this last year we're like, well, what if we could just go longer? <laughs> My husband can work remotely. And what if we could extend this a little bit? And so we bought an Airstream last June. Yeah. And we got the okay from his boss to give it a try, which is awesome. She like lets us try so many different things as far as like working and being on the road. And so this summer was like our big test. We went back to Tahoe for a month and we had already rented a house like a year in advance. So we brought the trailer along, but we had family with us. And so we were in a house for part of that. But then from Lake Tahoe, we just took off up to the Pacific Northwest with not a ton of plan except to hit Sublimity, Oregon for the solar eclipse. So we pretty much just traveled and figured out how to work on the road, which it, it's different than just being on vacation because you have to have good cell phone service. Um, my husband's a software developer, so he has to have internet connection and pretty decent ones. So we're learning this whole new world of like gear and cell phone boosters and directional antennas that we have on our Airstream. And yeah, pretty much we just took the summer to figure out our flow, if it would work and learn what we need to do to make it happen. And I feel like we were pretty successful in that. So this fall, we left again for a month in November. November is sort of a dead of a month in Salt Lake, in my opinion. It's all the leaves have fallen and the inversion starts. So it just gets really brown, but there's usually not a lot of snow flying yet. So you can't ski. And it's that's a weird. Exactly yeah. In between season, definitely like too cold to be on the lake. Right. Exactly. So we were like, let's just leave this year for November. <laughs> so we did, we headed to St. George for a week and mountain biked there. And then we went to Death Valley. We made our way out to San Diego for the week of Thanksgiving and 
we'd always really wanted to do like touring the USS Midway and the Maritime Museum and just a bunch of the, the San Diego things with our kids once they were old enough to actually remember it, which now they are. And so we did that. And then we came back through Joshua Tree and Sedona and that was sort of awesome. So awesome. I love it so much. And you have a blog where you kind of share a lot of your journeys as well as your social media. And we'll be sure to link to those. So if anybody wants more information about that, but tell us a little bit about your blog and how you got a, you got started blogging. Yeah. So my blog is called kidproject.org. And it didn't really start with this huge vision of having a blog. Like, we've always loved the outdoors. And shortly after having our third child, I was like, we were sort of in this life place where I just decided, uh, we can't really do much outdoor stuff. It's too hard with kids. And then I sort of just got really discouraged and depressed about life and decided, well, screw that. (laughs) We're going to figure this thing out. So we just started doing a bunch of outdoor stuff and people started asking us, oh, what backpacks are you using? What where did you go camp here last week? What tents are you using? And I sort of just got sick of answering everybody's emails. And I was like, I'm sticking this all in a blog. And I will just start sending out links to like all our friends that keep asking. And it sort of grew from there. Eventually, I realized the blog could actually like become a blog, <laughs> not just like a, an information hub for me to send out links. And we, um, you know, did a big redesign and and it's, that's where it's grown from there. I love writing. I've always loved writing. Um, it was a good outlet for me. But ultimately, I just really want it to be a resource for parents who have all the how do we do these questions and then where should we go questions. So I try to share all of our favorite places and how we made it happen. So there's, there's one article. I mean, it like really changed my life when I read it. And I, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's the one that you wrote that's kind of like, hey, mom, you've got this. The way you parent doesn't have to be how everybody else does it. And you kind of, you know, figure out your own groove. And Right. That might have been my I have one titled, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but that doesn't mean I stay at home. <laughs> I think um, that might be it. That could be it, yeah. I, I'll, I'll look it up. Because okay. there's, I mean, there's, there's a couple that you've written that are just like, it's so excellent. But I just love how open and kind of raw you are with showing your life that, especially on Instagram, that it's not always happy and it's not always perfect. And there were some pictures from your last trip, you know, you're just talking about coming to terms with some of the hard days and looking out at the water and your thoughts on kind of the last little bit and just sharing some of those hard times. And and I think so often we just want it to be perfect and look like everybody's having a great time, but it's not right. always that way. No, it isn't. And in fact, I think for most people, it, everyone, right? It's not perfect, but we just don't get used to sharing those hard times. And even when you're traveling a lot, you know, people, even just talking to friends, they'll be like, how's vacation? And I'm like, it's not really vacation. I wouldn't call it vacation because like we're on the road, but we're still working and we're still doing school. And yes, we're like in these amazing places, but like kids still fight. We, we had our first ever flu episode in the Airstream. Oh, that's not right. awesome. <laughs> but we survived. So, yeah. And you get cranky and you need space or, you know what I mean? All the same. I feel like all the same things happen that happen at home. You just 
are dealing with them on the road, you know? And so, yeah, I think we need to be real with those moments. Otherwise we all feel sort of alone in our down days, you know? Definitely. But, and I think what I found from being open and honest about the hard times is that I'm not alone. Everyone's like me too, <laughs> you know? Amen. Absolutely. So tell me, well, t- well, I know, I know the answer to this one, but will you share with our listeners a little bit more about the 365 mile challenge that we are working on together? Yes. So gosh, was that like a year and a half ago that you and me and a couple other ladies decided we want to start the 365 mile challenge. And I don't know about you, Kathy, but I think when we decided to start it, I was like, oh, this will be like a fun little side hobby. Right. Like, oh, cool. This will, you know, maybe a couple hundred people will show up. Exactly. And then those registrations started rolling in and Rebecca Walsh from Hike Like a Woman was like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. Help, help, help. And it was just, they were rolling in and rolling in and we were like hitting up, you know, we got to like a thousand in January and it was like, whoa, okay, this is going to be a little bit bigger than that. And I think that's when we all sort of had like our eyes opened, like this is going to be more than a side hobby for the year, but it has been amazing. The community built around it on Facebook. So we have a, a private Facebook group that you get when you're part of the 365 mile challenge. And it is so encouraging. Some days it sort of blows up your feed. You, that's all you see. But that's all I really want to see sometimes on my Facebook feed is, is people hiking to new places and people having hard days but still getting their mile in. And, you know, some people have just had hip surgeries or they have broken ankles and they're working through it and they're just walking their mile in their house. And other people are far more epic and they're climbing mountains and they're organizing group hikes wherever they are in the country or they're, you know, hiking with their kids up in Alaska. Those people are hardcore up there. (laughs) I think that's been really fun. And there's people from all over the world doing it. So it is just amazing to see what everyone's doing and how everyone cheers each other on. I would say that the community has definitely been the most fun part for me during the last year. Me too. Definitely. And people always ask, what are you tracking? And you're tracking anything that that makes you sweat. (laughs) Or breathe heavy, or that you're moving, you know, and and something else isn't doing the work for you. So I love that it's sort of customizable. Like if you're a swimmer, you swim. If you're a biker, you bike. Or if you live in Salt Lake and then version's really bad, it's okay to count your miles at the gym, right? (laughs) Totally is. Probably better than you do, actually. (laughs) That's been me this week. Right. So you've also kind of started this other really awesome project with two other gals Let's talk a little bit about how that came to be and then kind of what what that is. Right. So what we are starting is called the Online Family Ski School. And we're still in the building phase, but we really hope to be able to launch it in January for Learn to Ski and Snowboard Month. And honestly, the idea is entirely Susan Strayers. She blogs at mountainmomandtots.com. She has a grand vision just to have like a, a whole online outdoor academy that covers like everything, like cooking and hiking and backpacking and skiing is just a part of it. And that is totally awesome. She is great about having like big visions for things. So anyway, she recruited myself and then Kristen Lummis and she writes at braveskimom.com. And we're sort of putting together this online family ski school. Our hope is really that it is a resource for parents who want to get their kids skiing. And 
whether you want to teach them yourself for a variety of reasons or whether you are going to put them in ski school classes, but we'll still need support in all the days that you will be skiing with them during the season. And just, I mean, we cover everything from our ideas on what to wear and how to layer and equipment and where to get it to the actual physical teaching of turning, wedging, getting on and off chairlifts with toddlers. We're hoping to, to cover all the big stuff. Well, and I think a lot of times when people go skiing for the first time, they're usually going with a friend, right? And this friend usually is somebody who knows how to ski and they know how to ski well. And they take them on the chairlift and they get to the top of the run and they're like, okay, well, we'll see you at the bottom. And everybody has a miserable experience because they're not taught the foundations, just simply learning how to walk in your ski boots or how to walk with your skis on, what it's like to, to practice getting on and off a chairlift, especially for smaller kids. Or if somebody gets, you know, really nervous about heights and being up in the air and how important it is to really cover those fundamentals and to practice those things so that in turn we're creating this positive ski experience that is going to help these kids want to come back, right? Yes, exactly. I think people don't really understand maybe all the variables that come into play when you start skiing with kids. I mean, simple things like the weather and the snow conditions and the crowds. And then certainly people aren't prepared for just the physical difficulty of teaching a kid to ski <laughs> and trying to figure out how to explain it. And if, I really feel like if you don't go in with some sort of plan, your day is not going to end well, <laughs> even if it's a simple plan, you know? Yeah. Plan and candy. I mean, like there's no way we could get through a day of skiing without Skittles or <laughs> yes. Starburst. <laughs> yes, exactly. Plan and so, candy. Lots of candy. <laughs> yes. Lots of candy. Right. So there's 10 topics. Is that right? Um, yes, hopefully they'll be roughly 10 topics. Okay, so it, it, and it, the, those topics are around like the equipment, like how to do a wedge, how to get on and off the chairlift. Which one is your favorite? Honestly, I feel like probably my favorite one is the getting on and off the chairlift or on and off rope toes with your kids, mostly because that's something that even a ski school instructor is not going to be able to, or is not going to teach you really, unless you specifically ask how can I help get my toddler off this chairlift? And I think a lot of parents have a lot of anxiety about that. I know I did. It was always stressful. And maybe it still always will be, but hopefully with some, some pointers, it will go more successfully, you know. And then just the on-snow ones, those were the ones I was mostly in charge of, was the teaching how to turn and, and that first day on snow, like what you should do that first day on the snow. I feel like those are just so key. I think parents sort of come in often with the wrong expectations of what that first day is going to look like. And I'm chuckling just because I think of all of our first days and we all think we're going to get on the chairlift. Like you usually don't get on the chairlift that first day. No. In fact, one thing we really suggest on, in that first day lesson is do it at a sledding hill or do it at... That's, I think that's um, great advice. Just like a park that would have like a groomed hill or... Or a ski resort that has really good accessibility. So if you are not like walking your ski stuff through a village and down a road, you know, Park City Mountain Resort comes to mind because they have a huge parking lot and then like 10 feet from it are the magic carpets. And it is so user-friendly, but a lot of resorts aren't like that. So I think, I don't know, when I first started my kids, I didn't really think through that until we are hauling our stuff through the village at Winter Park. 
and we're like exhausted by the time we got to the bunny hill and we're like, this was stupid. Why didn't I go to the sledding hill? You know? Well, and, and I always forget, like my three-year-old has little legs and little muscles and even just lifting those ski boots and walking from the car to the sledding hill or the ski hill or wherever it is, that's a lot of work. And they get, they get tired. I think it's important to, pl- to plan those breaks, to go have hot chocolate, to, you know, go play in the snow and, and to have those things that still make it really fun. Yeah. So I, I just really love that it's, it's a resource for parents, but it's also a resource for kids that kids can watch and kind of learn. Because I think a lot of the times it's, it's so helpful to see somebody else that's doing it versus like the parent that's just trying to explain it. Because I'm a very visual learner. So I like to see things and like to see how other people are doing it. So it sounds just like a really great way to just kind of set up that expectation, but also to kind of empower parents that maybe aren't as confident of skiers or, you know, maybe one of the parents doesn't ski or maybe both of the parents don't ski, but kind of what, what their kids are doing and and working through and how to support them the best they can. So I think, I think that's so exciting. Yes. So what else would you like us to know about the online family ski school? I guess one thing I, you know, I want to stress is that ultimately this course should be taken not as a substitute for for professional instruction, but that it's from parents to parents. None of us are professional ski instructors. We both have, or we all three have lots of years of ski experience being, whether we're taught our own kids or being taught growing up or being coached in competitive arenas. But I want people to know that it's ultimately from parents who have gone through the steps and learned the hard ways and maybe sometimes the not as hard ways, but I feel like I've learned a lot of the hard lessons. And then we just really want to be a supportive community to build lifelong skiers. I think that is where Kristen Lummis really brings in her side of it. You know, her kids are out of the house now. She has one that's 18 and one that's 20. They started this process a long time ago, and they also love skiing together as a family. Her boys are awesome skiers. They still ski a ton as a family, and really it's given them a connection point in the midst of their their busy lives. I know one thing she distressed during like the junior high and high school years is, right, they, they always tell us to keep those like paths of communication open with our kids. But sometimes it's really hard to find that time. And she's like, a chairlift is a perfect spot. They can't go anywhere. There's nothing else going on. You have five to 10 minutes continually throughout the day to just talk. And it became a really great way to connect with their boys. I, and I love, I love that you're sharing Kristen's experience because that was very much my experience growing up. I didn't do club sports. I wasn't an athlete of any kind. But our family, we skied, and that was very important to my dad that we would go skiing every Saturday if we could make it work. And as I look back on my childhood, like my favorite moments are those with my dad and my siblings on the chairlift, not talking about anything profound or deep, but just merely being out there together and and having those memories and experiencing that together and just being together. Right. I completely agree. I always joke that people ask, you know, did you grow up with a certain belief system or religion growing up? And I'm like, yes, skiing. (laughs) I love that. I'll have to use that one. (laughs) Skiing. It was our answer to getting through hard times. My parents were both, both grew up in the Midwest and their dream was to 
<clears throat> move out west and ski. And they both did like as soon as they got out of college and they met in Colorado. And so we always skied. Yeah, I agree. I think it provided that family connection. And now, even honestly, looking back at my high school years, I feel like, yeah, I just had a lot of friends that just got into a lot of trouble in high school and went down a lot of bad roads. And I was like, <laughs> I was talking to my husband. I'm like, I never really did. And I, I don't think I can really like accredit it to myself, really. It's that we were gone every Friday and Saturday night because we were up in the mountains skiing. And I just wasn't there. So like I was with my family instead of out with my friends partying or whatever. And so anyway, I think family time is good on so many levels. Alyssa is going to share her number one tip for first time skiers when we return. I am super excited to share some good news with you guys that is something in my own personal life that just has brought a lot of joy to our family the last couple of weeks. We have a new dog in our family and his name is Teddy and you can find him on Instagram forward slash Teddy Mini Golden and he will be going on adventures with us and we are going to start writing more pet related articles. We we had a dog banjo for 12 years and he passed away about two years ago and it was actually a, a really hard thing to talk about his his passing and his death and to not have him part of our life. So we we feel like a lot of good healing has been going on and we are just so happy to have this new dog as a part of our life. But also that we can share with you some of the things that we're doing and some of the things that we're learning being pet parents again. And we hope that that can add value to what you're doing and add value to your life. Again, it's Instagram forward slash Teddy Mini Golden. And we'd love for you to follow him and we'll follow you back. We are back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast, and our special guest today is Alyssa Erickson, and she's going to share with us her number one tip for first-time skiers. I don't know if I can come up with one. (laughs) I have 10 lessons full of them, but I guess if I was talking to any skier, whether it was an adult learning to ski or parents who want to start their kids, is that learning to ski does not start on the snow. It starts as soon as you get your ski equipment. And that's one thing we really encourage, especially with the really young kids, but anybody, I mean, I've been skiing for 30 years and I do this every season before I go on the snow. I put my ski boots on, I walk around the house, I get in and out of my skis, I get all of my gear organized. You know what I mean? Like all of those little pieces will lead to a successful ski day. This isn't just learning to ski. This is just what skiing is. And and the more comfortable that you and your kids can become with your gear, getting in and out of it, moving around on just like carpet, the better you're going to be when you get to the snow. So that your kid isn't like trying to figure out how to walk in their ski boots through ice and snow as they get to the hill. And you're not trying to figure out how to help them get into their bindings. And meanwhile, their skis are like sliding down the hill. I mean, everything just gets more complicated once you get on the snow. And so I just, I always encourage parents start like do this at home, do as much as you can at home, fall and get back up at home. (laughs) Well, and I love that. Like put the ski boots on, go outside, walk around in the snow, go up and down a hill, try going on stairs, like try figuring out your balance and and how to make all that work. So yeah, fall, fall on your bottom, teach them how to fall on their bottom. Right. And if you have, you know, if you have snow in your yard or you even just have grass, I don't think grass is really going to hurt anything like just go 
get them moving around, like get them in their skis and get them tromping around on a soft surface, whether it's carpet or grass or hopefully, you know, snow in your yard would be great, but sometimes we don't have it. And just walking around because they will inevitably, you know, they're going to learn those things like trying to turn and they step on their own ski and everybody goes tumbling down, you know, and as much as you can help them figure those things out before you're out on the hill and maybe it's windy or there's other kids that they might be distracted by or it's snowing, you know, the better. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I, I love everything that you've shared and we will include the link to sign up if people are interested in our show notes and they can find those show notes at go adventure mom forward slash podcast. Thanks so much. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We just love learning and think that this is such a great resource for, for all families, no matter what ski level that you are at. So be sure to check them out and we'll have that information in our show notes at go adventure mom forward slash podcast. And again, if you have any questions or you have um, maybe an episode idea that you would like to share with us, please let us know. We would love to learn more. You can send me an email, Kathy at GoAdventureMom.com. Thanks, you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.